This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. I'm Morgan, and I'm a publicist. I'm Linda, and I'm a writer-editor. This is... Drink! Drink! Drunk! It's like a reflect... I, I can't, I'm too drunk to talk about it now, but it's like reflexive. <laughs> and this is another thing that gets on my nerves, and it's super specific. <laughs> oh my god. Like putting that lubrication on, like, listen, we're about to go from text to a link. A grammar show with a drinking problem. Hi, everyone. Welcome to DDD. I got an email today. Yeah. That says, this new lipstick is everything in oh. all capital letters. And I was, I put, I clicked it. I went to click the trash and I was like, I think I have to keep this in my inbox to discuss on this podcast. But for the record, I would have never opened it. Because okay. as we've discussed, everything is not everything. And yeah. It's over. And we're over it. Yeah. Well, now it's just like clickbait. It's just stupid. Refinery29. Do better. Do better. And here's the worst part. They give me my most clickbaits. It was a paid promotion. So I'm like, oh my God, you can't waste in everything on a Bucks paid promotion. Shimmer, shock lipstick. Get your money back. Yeah. If that's, they're like, oh, we'll pay. Well, I don't know how much you paid for this, but nobody was trying. Nobody's no. trying. This lipstick is everything. That's right. I also think when it's paid promotion, actually, the best thing that works, and this is my own, you know, me search. Uh, the best thing that works is like being super specific about the post that you're about to present, like mm. how to contour with whatever, yeah, like makeup or whatever. And that's like, okay, I might not super care about this makeup but i do want to know how to contour yeah well and the because i suck at it the content in the email doesn't suck and it's about shimmery lips and like make right make the subject line being like matte lips are over lips yeah like this is what this is what everyone you know this is what uh, um everybody that 20 years old is putting on their lips and i'll read it because i'm a fucking sucker (laughs) (laughs) we just want to be millennials we want to be real millennials not adult millennials (laughs) man anyway if you can't tell i'm not in a great mood uh, i walked in today and i go oh did you work out like because that would be so abnormal like <laughs> but based on Rude. what yeah based on what morgan was wearing i was like oh did you just like exercise or something she goes no i wore this to work <laughs> <laughs> i'm wearing running pants a sports bra and a like sports tank top that like wicks sweat away but i um <laughs> didn't sweat today i just put it on went to work went to the dermatologist i got some bad news well i mean that sounds <laughs> really that dramatic that sounds really I dramatic i have dandruff oh my god <laughs> so this was interesting actually and this is maybe a little psa for our listeners is that i when morgan told me that they told her that she had dandruff i was like wait a second don't you tell doctors that you have dandruff because don't aren't you like the first person who knows because you have like the shit first on your defense. yeah you have like stuff all over your clothes but apparently they told her no like a lot of people think that like flakes have to come off your head to have dandruff that's not necessarily what dandruff is it's, it's like dry skin that's what dandruff is i was like oh no i have dandruff yeah <laughs> I think I have dry scalp skin. Scalp. 
And so they were like, oh, yeah, that's like leading to your ear problems or whatever the hell is wrong with you. I don't even know. But they, um, yeah, informed Morgan that flake-free Morgan has dandruff. Guys. Nothing is easy, man. It was a hard day. <laughs> it was it was a hard freaking day. <laughs> but Linda sent me Sorry. some good news. Yeah. Oh, God. So excited. I also need to say, oh, I have to stop saying, oh, God. Like when I listen I, back to this podcast, I just never, never stop. Gonna, it's my favorite you part. You will never stop. The, you will never stop that. And I will never stop talking as you're talking going. Yeah. 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 I can't help it. People. I know. Since the first episode I ever listened to, I've tried to stop saying, oh, God. I feel like it's only been increasing. <laughs> well, because now I do it, too. <laughs> All right. Share the good news. Netflix picks up a CBC series based on Anne of Green Gables so we can all fall in love with Gilbert again. Ah! Straight from Vulture.com. I'm so excited about this. So if you're an adult millennial, (laughs) you probably read Anne of Green Gables and you probably loved it. Truth be told, my sister, who's Gen X, I think. Mm -hmm. Brian, are you guys Gen X? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Brian and my sister are the same person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very strange over here. <laughs> they were uh, born within a month of each other. Uh, my sister loved Anne of Green Gables, and I know that I read it. I can't remember being in love with it, but I also have a unique disorder along with dandruff in that <laughs> I have like serious book amnesia. No, I do too. As soon as I read a book, I f- forget it. Just black. I could get the same book out of the library and I won't catch on until I'm a third of the way into it. Like something's I read that. fishy yeah. here. So I agree. I have like nostalgic feelings about books. Yeah. But I don't necessarily like remember them. And I mean, I... Unless I like read them over and over and over again, which some books I did, which, you know, I have to. So, okay. Anna Green Gables is coming back. Yes. But like, it just led me to think, what else would I get so excited about? Wait, can I tell you? Sorry. Back to Anne real quick. Yep. Anne. It's the series is just called Anne. Aw. Which is cute. It's a cute little millennial way of doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Comes from an... Uh, all-female team of writers, which mm. I think is very cool. Uh-huh. And the writers come from Breaking Bad, Beginners, and director Nikki Caro from Whale Rider. And I don't know what that is. Regardless, it's going to be a two-hour premiere and then Ooh. eight one-hour episodes. And they're coming to Netflix in 2017. It will expand beyond the scope of Lucy Maud Montgomery's novel, including themes of identity, sexism, bullying, prejudice, and trusting oneself. Yeah, I read that. That's They're all good. my favorites. <laughs> Those are your favorite themes? Yeah. That's cute. We should Thanks. do... Um, Did you read Anne of Green Gables? Nope. We should do like a episode recaps when it happens. Yeah, that would be podcast. fun. Because like I said, I know I read the books. I don't remember them. I know my sister loved them. Yeah. And... I don't know if it was just one of those things where, like, if your sister loves something, then you're like, oh, that's not my thing because you're yeah, trying to have yeah, yeah. your own identity. And I do remember seeing p- the play or plays. I know I yeah. went to live theater productions of Anne of Green Gables and being really into it, but that's about it. Yeah. So, other th- stuff 
that you would like to see so yeah to the small screen yeah um i it just got me thinking like oh god i got so excited about this like what else would i get so excited about i mean the number one thing that comes to my mind has to be number the stars i mean that couldn't be like a series i don't think did you ever read number the stars no oh jesus morgan Sorry. So good. I really thought you were going to say Babysitter's Club. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'll talk about every young adult Nazi book until. <laughs> yeah, there were no Nazis Club. in the Babysitter's no. Club. And Not that you know of. I think that they. <laughs> true. True. Hmm. Got some feelings. Uh, <laughs> I think that they're tried, they've like, tried to relaunch. Babysitter's Club. And I agree. Yeah, they there have. There might even be a TV show or movies, but basically all I want, I want a TV, sh- I want a spinoff for Claudia Kishi, who was mm-hmm. the cute Asian one who had cool outfits. Yeah. When she would like wear two different color socks. And it was She's like, like low. From the... Yes. <laughs> from Laguna Beach. <laughs> I thought you were like, just like giving no, her like a not, value. And not I was like, get um, low. Yeah. She's high, actually. <laughs> No, low from Laguna Beach. Duh. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Yeah. She was like the cool um, friend who had good fashion and funny opinions and like never got into any drama. She was just like, yeah. Soup's cool. I would watch her show about like how she became like a fashion buyer in New York or something. Right. After okay. The Baby Stair Club. Um, obviously you can think of American girls. I was, were you an American girls fan? Not really. So I was, I liked them a lot. And, um, I was too poor to have one. So I rebelled against it. Oh, I never had one. Yeah. I like got them from the, like, I was like, yeah, the poor American girl. I got them from the library. Oh, but I mean the dolls. Yeah. I never had a doll. I got the books from the library and I rented a doll from the library, which is a fantastic idea, by the by. Yeah. Um, I think I owned a couple of them. I think I know I owned the Addie series. That was the enslaved American girl. My wheels are turning. I bet you American girl would sue me so hard if I tried to start an American girl doll library. Where you could just oh, like yeah, totally. check the dolls out and you had to like keep them in pristine condition. You could have them for like three weeks and then bring them back. Because isn't that all any kid wants a doll for anyway? Yeah, then you get bored. And yeah. you want to get the next one. You want to get Samantha, then you want to get Kirsten. Addie, and then you want to get mm-hmm. Kirsten. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, so I think, um, so even though that's like kind of a trite answer, the American Girls, I think there's so much fodder there that I can't believe that there hasn't been a series. Maybe there has been. I'm just been so out of it. Well, probably just, it's just been for kids. Yeah. So like, I think there should be a Netflix series that I can get on board with and I would love all of them. Like, I actually don't know the newest ones. Addie was the last one that was new that I like, like, you know, read and stuff. Um. Little Women. That would be an amazing Netflix series. I yeah. just whispered that. Sorry. That would be an amazing Netflix series. No, it's whisper worthy because you don't want to put it out there in the universe because of how amazing it could be. There would be like an implosion. But yeah, mm. that would be a good one. I also thought, now this is a weird one. Okay. I don't know if you've ever read this. Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> Oh, I read it, but I don't remember anything about it other than he had a lot of penguins. They made a movie about it with like Jim Carrey or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I loved Mr. Power's Penguins. I read it in third grade, but it was also one of those like we had to go home and read chapter. And then also our teacher would read that chapter the next day, I think. Mm. And she was my favorite teacher of all time. What was her name? Mrs. McDonald. Mm. And um, she she's my third grade teacher. And she was such a great teacher. 
book reader, like yeah. allowed. So she like just was so animated and like she was oh, you just gave me an idea. Okay. Yeah, she was I mean, thank goodness she's still alive now, but she was even, you know, an older woman to me then. Like yeah, she she was probably 30. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> But she had like gray hair and like she, but yeah. she was like amazing and like stoic and great. But she could also come down on our level. Like when she would read Mr. Popper's Penguins and like make it so animated, so great. And yeah. like something that I just remember so vividly, yeah. like from my childhood. And I'm just, and maybe it was Mrs. McDonald that did it, but it was just like, that is one of the great books because she read it so you, perfectly. You just made me think because I was like, my third grade teacher was Mrs. Miller and she was quite a bore and she was like the worst one you could get. Ah. And she was old then, and I don't have hope that she's still around. R.I.P. Mrs. Miller. I just think she was kind of over it by the time yeah. I got to third grade. But you were taught, and then I was like, well, what about in second grade? I am Mrs. Natalie, and she read us Matilda. Mm. And I know Matilda is a movie, but I think it could be a great series, eight to 10 episode series. And the way she read it was the same way. And she used to use it to like bribe us to be well behaved. Like, yeah, we'll do an, we'll do a chapter of Matilda today. If you if guys like good. get yeah. these spelling exercises done and stay quiet and like, are, because we were so in love with yeah. being her audience. Cause she was so good at it. Yeah. Oh God. I hope. I really hope that a Netflix executive is one of our loyal listeners they because definitely are. <laughs> because this is a. These are great tips. Good stuff. Call us. So just in case you guys thought we were faking being drunk, who would ever think that? I don't know, but people are like, <laughs> I swear, more than once, people are like, are you really drinking? You don't talk about what you're drinking, whatever. Sometimes we're too drunk to talk about what we're drinking, guys. All okay. you have to do is listen to okay. us. Okay. And you know. Okay. We had a, we had a bottle of rosé. It's called Memories. It's a product of France. <laughs> Which we don't have. We after it's memoirs. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there's your proof, everyone. You don't need to list all the drinks that we're drinking and it was bequeathed to me memories by dear friend memoirs who's also a fan of the podcast thank you kelly any hoodles are those stones in the shape of a heart yes oh no seashells seashells and stones seashells and stones it's like an engagement photo shoot. When I go to the beach this weekend, I'm going to recreate this and send it to you and just write memoirs. <laughs> I look forward to that text. Linda. Now we're on the headwaters. Yeah, wow. now, now we're drinking beer. I know that you are just quick trigger tweeter. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to stop. Okay. Why? Because... What happens when you talk shit on your employer online can really ruin your life. Well, just, I guess, lose you your job. But that could be life ruining. Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't know all the examples you're about to give, and I'm probably about to, like, eat my words. But I have to say, Let's hear it. I have almost no sympathy for people who talk bad about their employer online. Like, because yeah. it's like, hey, everybody. 
It's 2016. And if you have a public account or a private account and you're talking bad about your employer, like you're a moron. Get ready for the smackdown. Get ready for the smackdown because that is not acceptable. If you have an actual complaint, go to your HR, go to your whatever. And if you have something that has to be taken above and beyond your employer, then Mm -hmm. there are avenues for that if you don't want to lose your job but if you yeah you know don't care and you think that that's gonna help your case okay but like if you are like oh like my company is terrible because we don't get summer fridays or whatever like you're an idiot valid complaint (laughs) that's a valid complaint everyone should have summer fridays who's doing anything after two o'clock on a friday Actually, maybe I could get fired for that. Who is doing anything after 2 o'clock on a Friday? Nobody, I know. Yeah. So everyone gets fired because no one's doing anything after 2 o'clock on a Friday. No, there's no way. Or just institute summer Fridays. Yeah. Or all Fridays. So, get ready to eat your words. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Chipotle was recently ordered to stop firing workers for venting about poor work conditions on Twitter. But companies can... technically still terminate employees for speaking out. Last year, a Chipotle employee was explicitly let go because he tried to point out the company's questionable labor practices. James Kennedy, which is the name of the douchebag DJ on Vanderpump Rules, which makes this story very confusing to me because he's... He's from Britain and he doesn't care about Kristen and he goes around and fucks other girls... So when I read this story, I think that's DJ James Kennedy. But Maybe he does this on the side. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised because he has a BMW lease that he needs to pay off and he keeps getting fired from Pump. Well, now he's fired from Chipotle, I guess. He I think was. Chipotle just did it because everyone on Twitter is saying how bad they are because of the E. coli thing at the time and no one's going there. So like, well, we can't do anything about that. Let's just fire this British DJ. I mean, maybe they're like, yeah, trying to take out their aggression on someone, but I bet you it comes from like, aren't they franchised? Like that probably doesn't come from the top. Like it comes from whoever owns that. Well, let's dig into it. And I'm mad that Brian just made me feel sympathy for DJ James Kennedy. Okay. Don't feel sympathy Chipotle, Chipotle employer James Kennedy came under company (laughs) scrutiny when he tweeted about the burrito chain's low wages. He flippantly sent off a tweet, apparently in response to something on Chipotle's socials that said, at Chipotle tweets, he added them. Yeah, well, so that's almost lodging a complaint. (laughs) Nothing is free, only cheap, hashtag labor. Crew members only make $8.50 an hour. How much is that steak bowl, really? Chipotle ordered him to delete his tweets, He was later let go when he circulated a petition online that charged the company with violating worker break policies. Which, if you're going to fire him for something, fire him for the tweet. If he's petitioning your break policies, I don't know, maybe look into that. Maybe he Fire him for, like, his poor representation on Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) Seriously. Fire him for embarrassing Lisa Vanderpump. Uh, and for can't mess with Lisa Vanderpump ruining gay pride at Sir slash making the best episode of last season. Yeah, Whatever. that's what you should fire him for, idiots. <laughs> Get your priorities straight. So the 
Chipotle employee chose to fight his firing. He appealed to the National Labor Relations Board, the entity that can stop employers from wrongly firing someone over trying to gain better working conditions. And that National Labor Relations Board ruled that his actions were protected under the National Labor Relations Act. And he got another job at American Airlines, but he was awarded back pay and benefits from Chipotle. Um, funny enough, he told publications he would accept the back pay in the form of free, fast, casual, Mexican-inspired food. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what I accept my paychecks uh, in, so. <laughs> I wish I got paid in burritos. Makes sense to me. So even though it worked for <laughs> DJ James Kennedy, you should not do this. <laughs> yeah. Paula, I mean, there are probably better ways to go about it. But if you run up against something, I mean, just like that just happened, yeah. you sometimes you have to go to the higher power, which is the public a little bit. You know what exactly. I mean? So, I yeah. mean, I, I think that your first, if you have a legitimate complaint, not if you're like, oh, my boss is so annoying or whatever. Yeah, but or if you like a, DJ and Vanderpump Rules would say like, oh, I can't get drunk when I'm doing a DJ. That's fucked up. Like, that's yeah, not a good complaint. That's not a good complaint. But if you do have a legitimate complaint, it's probably best to go to your HR, best to go to the avenues that are available to you. And if you think that you're getting nowhere and you think that it's like, you know, a labor issue, mm-hmm. I think that taking it to the people is, um, you might know, be worth it. Might be worth it. If you're willing to lose your job for the greater good and then possibly get back pay in the form of Chipotle. Um, That's always worth it. Guys, you know how you know long words and you think you know what they mean and you try to sound smart and you say them and then maybe you're not knowing what they mean? Affirmative. It makes me think of friends. Why? Which one? Supposedly. Oh, supposedly. (laughs) When they were like, isn't it like... uh, Joey tries to... he thinks he knows what supposedly means. Well, I think it wasn't it like someone else said, oh, it's like when someone says supposedly and then they like walk out or something and Joey's like, supposedly, supposedly. supposedly. Obviously, Sup- it's supposedly. Yeah. And he says like, supposedly they went to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's words that are super fun to say, like supposedly, even though the word supposedly. And we just want to make sure. You're not fucking it up. Yeah. So a word that I like to say is copacetic. I love that word. Totally. It makes me feel like I'm a surfer. I feel like I'm hippie. And you know how like my, I wish that I like was in my prime in yes. the 60s. Yes. And that makes me feel like part of that generation. So copacetic is an adjective. It means fine, okay, or satisfactory. And But it means more like, in my mind, it means more like, I'm cool. Like, I'm copacetic. <laughs> There's an it's air copacetic. of mystery around copacetic because no one can say for sure how the word came to be, which probably makes it so cool. Uh-huh. In examples of copacetic... The campaign insists all is copacetic, which is like, you know, it's all cool. It's all fine. Like, don't worry about it. 
Where are you taking these examples from? That was from the Atlantic. The Atlantic, okay. Uh, most of the time, you just open the hives and everything is copacetic from the National Post. It was about beehives. I assumed. <laughs> I assumed we weren't opening like wound hives or like skin hives, I mean. Ew, you're disgusting. And <laughs> these seem like much more serious ways to use copacetic than I was envisioning my like hippie way well, of saying it. But I it. can't, there's no sources for like a hippie said. Okay. Well. I'm only, I can only source what's. What's sourced. What's sourceable. Hippies are notoriously anti-sourcing. <laughs> are they? I guess so. They never want to be on record, man. Just watched a documentary about Janis Joplin. And yeah, she didn't love to be on camera talking about things, but you know, that was not copacetic, man. People got some snippets. (laughs) All right, your turn. Okay. So my word to discuss is eponymous, which looks like a really scary word. It looks like e-pony mouse. Yes. But I think of eponymous as hippopotamus. Eponymous. Okay. That's helpful. So that just means like of the name of a person. Yes. So like. uh, What was my nonprofit called that supplied dog bones? That was one world. One word. Morgan's. um, Morgan's world. Morgan's world with a Z. Yeah. But that's not necessarily because it wasn't just called Morgan. If it was like called like, yeah, Morgan's Bar or something, that would be better. But it was like, uh, Morgan walked into her eponymous bar. Morgan, Morgan. So where we serve drinks to underprivileged dogs. Oh, so you have like a series of. Mm-hmm. I'm all about poor dogs. What makes a dog poor? Uh, you know. I'm also surprised that you're saying dogs. I mean, you are a cat, more of a cat person. Yeah, I just give so much of myself to one particular cat every day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that I'm trying to branch out my horizons. And also, dogs going to a bar is way funnier than cats going to a bar. Yeah. Because I feel like cats do go to bars and they're like, screw you guys. Not talking to you. They just like knock the drinks off the counter and are like, yeah, and walk out. Yeah. Whereas dogs would be more fun. So my dog bar is called Morgan, which is eponymous. Yeah. Okay. Right? No, it's not called eponymous. <laughs> no, my dog bar is called Morgan. Yeah. So it's, but it's an adjective. Yeah. So, all right, here's one from the Los Angeles Times, and this is courtesy of Grammarly. Sandler plays the eponymous lead character, a talent manager working in Los Angeles in the 90s who falls in love with a client, Courtney Clark, played by Jennifer Hudson, a singer he discovers at an amusement park. What are they even talking about? Something that actually happened. I never heard of that show in my life. Sandler. I mean, is that Adam Sandler? I guess the show is called Sandler. Or what was the quote? Sandler plays the eponymous lead character, which means that the lead character was named Sandler. The lead character is called Sandler. A talent manager working in Los Angeles in the 90s who falls in love with a client, Courtney Clark, played by Jennifer Hudson. This is a project that never got made. 
I don't understand that. Yeah, we have to look that up. Wait, can I click on this? <laughs> Please do. Stand by, everyone. I mean, <laughs> this is much more important than figuring out how to use a Somebody pitched a show slash movie Sandler. where it Adam is. Sandler falls in love with Jennifer Hudson. Adam Sandler shoots Netflix movie in Griffith Park. This is fascinating. I've never heard wow. about this. Wow. Oh my god, it's from just earlier this month in 2016. So it's to come. Wow. Oh my god, everyone. Breaking news. <laughs> Adam Sandler's alive. And um, playing characters named Sandler. Yeah. Aw. What okay. did Jennifer Hudson do to deserve this? Yeah, that well, that is like what seemed the most like, wait a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another um, example from IndieWire is the film follows Thomas Middle Middleditch as the eponymous character still reeling from the sudden end of his engagement to the bubbly Rachel, Allison Brie. So just means that the character's name Thomas Middleditch. Weird. So, um, you know, that's it. All right. Um, so the, the funny gif that they have on this one, Grammarly has, is uh, a Simpsons gif, and it's of um, Homer walking into, like, what seems to be a Japanese restaurant mm-hmm. and seeing Mo, who's normally a bartender, mm. and the quote down at the bottom says, Mo, what happened to your eponymous tavern? Because <laughs> <laughs> anyone who watches The Simpsons knows Mo's is the bar that uh, Homer often goes to. A place to go, man. Indubitably. Oh, speaking of which, uh, so indubitably just means like no doubt. Like, um, if you, it's an adverb, and it means like doubtless, undoubtedly. That episode is indubitably entertaining. Indubitably. <laughs> so, um, again, looking at Grammarly, uh, they give the, an example from The Guardian. Was it worth it? Indubitably. DiCaprio won his first Best Actor Oscar. That is fate. That oh, is fate. God. That you got to read a DiCaprio quote tonight. I hope to read one every night. Indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Morgan and I should never say indubitably because we just like butcher it. And that, that, and that is the sort of the point is like, are you just trying to be fancy by using these words? Yeah. Don't don't say words if you can't pronounce them and aren't sure what they mean. Yeah. Everyone will respect you a lot more if you just say, no doubt. No doubt, yo. <laughs> True that. Doubtless. <laughs> I'm sure you are correct. Like us, friend us, love us. Yes, please. Yes. Drunk word nerds. On all social accounts. Dot com, at Gmail, on Twitter, on, on Facebook, Facebook, on Instagram. Do it now. See you there. I can't believe you just taught me that. I love when I learn something. I learned that recently. I was like, oh, that's awesome.
Are you making fun of me? No, I love learning things. This has been a riveting production.